God, we do thank you for the opportunity it is to um, gather this morning and God to be challenged and encouraged by your word and uh, just so thankful for the chance to reflect on Jesus and um, the way he has come. God, thankful for this season that gives us time to stop and just enjoy that fact that you've given us such a precious gift in your son. Help us not take that for granted. And God, be with us now as we look at your word. May you encourage and strengthen us to follow in Jesus' footsteps. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so as you guys know, uh, we've been in just sort of sort of concluded. This is maybe the epilogue to uh, the previous series, uh, Disciples After the Father's Heart. And, and in that time, we looked at each phrase of uh, the Lord's Prayer. We looked at, um, you know, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Talked about how God has uh, shown himself to be our dad who is set apart and, and loves us. We saw how uh, we ought to pray as Jesus prayed for his kingdom to come upon the earth. We saw how we ought to pray for, uh, for God to provide our needs for the day, to give us our daily bread. We, we saw how we ought to pray for the forgiveness uh, that we need in the, in the same way that we forgive others. We, we saw to pray for uh, leading out of temptation. We saw for prayer uh, to be delivered from evil. And we saw this as the model that Jesus taught us to pray, that we should pray like this, that these are the things we ought to seek in prayer. And, and just as Jesus prayed, we, we have the opportunity to have that same relationship with the Father. He set aside time constantly over and over again to step aside in prayer and be with his Father and understand his Father's heart. And he calls us to do the exact same thing. And so as we're wrapping that series up and, and thinking about that and now transitioning very quickly <laughs> to uh, reflect on Jesus coming, I was wondering what, what do we do with uh, just a week that we've got here to think about Jesus coming? And I thought through all the different traditional passages in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of of, you know, the angels appearing to shepherds and the kings coming from far away and, uh, and you know, the, the fulfillment of prophecy that is found in Jesus, the, the son of David, and, and all these things that we could go through. And, and the passage that just stuck out to me as I was sort of debriefing in my mind from this past series and looking at this fact that Jesus came was Philippians 2. Not really your traditional Advent passage, but I think it's there. Philippians 2, 1-11 says this, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. By being of the same mind and having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. 
Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And, having be, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." You see, for the past few weeks, we've been looking at how the Father has this perfect character, how the Father has brought His kingdom to earth, how the Father has given us protection and provision and guidance and deliverance from evil. And in this passage, what we see is that this is the Father's plan to fulfill all these things. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, and literally the things that, that Jesus tells us to pray for are the promises that God has given us. And this is what 2 Corinthians 1.20 says about these promises that really Jesus asks us to pray the Father. He says, for all the promises of God find their yes in Him, that is Jesus. That is why it is through Jesus that we have uttered our amen to God for His glory. If we're looking for an answer to the Lord's prayer, if we're looking for what God has provided in order to provide His protection and provision and and deliverance and guidance, if we're looking for an answer to what we pray in the Lord's prayer, it is Jesus. And so that's why I come to this passage of Philippians 2 where Paul is describing, have this mind among you. Have the mind of Christ among you, if we're going to receive the, the, the promises that God has given us in His prayer as His followers, we're to receive it with the mind of Christ. And, and if those around us are going to receive these same prayers, if God's kingdom is going to continue to expand and go forth through us, it's going to be through the mind of Christ. And so Paul challenges us in this passage to respond to Jesus and to have his mind. First he says in the first few verses, one to four, that if you've experienced Jesus, then the result will look like this. If you've received comfort from Jesus, the love of Jesus, if you've received encouragement from what Jesus has done, if you've received the presence of the Spirit, that is participation in the Spirit through Jesus, if you've received His affection and His sympathy, literally His taking on of the same temptations with which you were tempted with, His sympathy for your circumstances, if you you have received that in Christ Jesus, 
then complete the joy of the Father, complete what Paul is praying for the Philippians here, complete this joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Paul is telling the Philippians to the church, be unified. If you've received in Jesus, then be unified with one another. Have the same mind, the same love, full accord of one mind. He goes on and says, if you've received this Jesus, this answer to all the prayers that we pray, then do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. If you've received Jesus, if you're his follower, if you're a disciple after his heart, look not to your own interest, but also to the interests of others. Paul challenges us as followers of Jesus. If we're going to be his disciples, then we're going to have the same heart that the Father gave to Jesus. And this is the plan the Father had for his son Jesus. Verses 5 to 8. Have this mind among yourselves. This is the mind with which you ought to be unified. Have this mind among yourselves, verse 5, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, literally that is, though he was God, though he was equal with God, did not count that equality with God as something to be grasped. set himself apart from it. He emptied himself, took the form of a slave, was born in the likeness of men, was found in the form of a human, was humbled and obedient to the point of death on a cross. The Father's plan for Jesus was for Jesus to give up all of himself for us, to empty himself, to take on the form of a servant, to be born in our likeness. Jesus, who who is with God in creation, and and as the scriptures uh, attest, he is by whom and through whom all things are created, we are created in His image, we break the image, and then He is formed and comes to earth in our likeness, taking on our form in this broken world. This is the Father's plan to answer all the promises that He's made to us. The promises of a kingdom coming, the promises of his provision, protection, guidance, and deliverance. It's in Jesus giving up his position in heaven 
to endure the cross for us. And so if we're going to be disciples after the Father's heart, if we're going to walk in the plan that the Father has for us, it's not going to look any different. It's actually going to look exactly the same. Disciples, literally those who follow another. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus, then the Father's plan for us is going to look exactly the same as the Father's plan for the Son. And this was the Father's plan for the Son, that He wouldn't consider all that he deserved as something that he deserved, but rather emptied himself of all that he deserved, gave himself on a cross. He looked not to his own bodily interests that he endured through this life, looked not only to ambition that he could have had, but rather in humility counted others more significant. So Paul says to us, if we're going to be disciples after our Father's heart, then have this mind among yourselves. Have the mind of Christ among yourselves. Three very simple things that I see in this passage that Jesus is doing. He pours himself out. He emptied himself. Challenge to us in that. Whatever you think you got, <laughs> truly whatever God has given you, shouldn't put it so derogatory, truly God has given you great gifts. <laughs> Pour it out. He hadn't given it to you just to have and hold, and keep, and guard. He's given it to you just like he's given it to Jesus, to pour out. So as Christ emptied himself out, empty yourself out. Pour yourself out like Christ. Recognize what God has given you. Don't consider it something that's just been given to you, something that is to be given to those around you. Consider others more than yourself. Second thing Jesus does and calls us to follow, become a servant like Jesus. He took on the form of a servant. He didn't seek to be served in all things. Rather, he came into every situation that he encountered with the heart of a servant to serve every person that he encountered. Pour yourself out like him. Become a servant like him. And finally, this mind that Jesus had that we ought to put on as well. He obeyed the Father. He obeyed his Father. Found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. The Father's plan for, for Jesus was that He die for us. For He so loved the world that He gave His Son that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the Father's will, the Father's desire, the Father's heart for Jesus was for Him to die for us. I think what Paul is challenging us 
in here is that we ought to have the same mind. We ought to pour ourselves out like Jesus, become a servant like Jesus, and obey the Father like Jesus. The advent of Christ, his incarnation, is astounding. I mean, every element of it, and we'll reflect on it some at, at Christmas Eve, is just shocking. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know this, but like the shepherds, right? They're out there just tending sheep and, and how God confirms this beautiful thing that, oh yeah, you're just going to find a baby in a manger. Why don't you go look for that? Baby in the manger, yeah, he's going to be the savior of the world. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. He, he was born just like man, took on what we have taken on. His incarnation is astounding. And, and, and what he's really calling us to do, if we're going to have the same heart, is to take that same mind, be willing to incarnate yourself. This passage challenges us to get out of our focus that is on our own needs and our own uh, desires and ambitions and interests and see how God has called us to be incarnational, just like Jesus. Incarnational, being one born into the situation that we are in. Recognizing, opening our eyes to see that our employees, our employers, our friends, our family, our neighbors. God has called us to be among, not to be reserved, to be poured out, not to hold on to, to be a servant to, to sacrifice for. God has called us to have this mind among ourselves, the mind of Jesus, who didn't even count equality with God something to be grasped while he was here. Set it aside and served as a slave those around him to death. And when we do that, the Lord's prayer is answered for us perfectly. When you, when, when you walk with the mind that Jesus walked with, the Lord's prayer just comes alive to you more and more and more. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus paid for every one of those promises to be true for us. 
And he's called us to extend those same promises to those who are around us. His desire is this, verses 9 to 11 of Philippians 2. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on Jesus the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The plan of the Father was for Jesus to be glorified. And how is he glorified? He's glorified by giving himself entirely and completely for us. And he calls us to do the same. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for what you accomplished in Christ. So grateful that you saw fit to come to this earth in its dirt and mire, to experience it the way we do, to know it fully and completely, to be tempted as we are tempted, yet without sin, God, we are so grateful. So God, I pray that um, you would help us to show our gratefulness By following you, by following after your Father's heart, by seeking his holiness, by extending his kingdom, by walking in the contentment he provides, by walking in the protection he provides by trusting his leading, by standing up against the enemy of this world. Lord, help us to do it by putting on the mind of Jesus, laying down our selfish ambitions, laying down our interests, and serving those you've placed us around that they might call upon the Lord, that they might, before it's too late, bow their knee to Lord Jesus, to declare His name is above all names, to the glory of the Father, we pray. Amen.